1: Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
2: And you
3: are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Great to be back after a few days of vacation. But, boy, there is no vacation, guys, if you look at what's going on with the migrants in New York City. They are going on basically a full frontal attack, it seems, of the media and anybody who is criticizing them. I can't believe what I am seeing happening right there on the streets of Manhattan. We've got the migrants who are camping out in front of the very cozy taxpayer-covered hotel And they don't want to leave because they feel like going to these shelters is, quote, inhumane. They like the taxpayer hotel that we're all paying for with, of course, you know, you think about the meals and the food and the booze and the drinks and all the other stuff that comes with it. And all these allegations of what's been happening at the Watson Hotel and also the Rowe Hotel. There's a couple of hotels that are putting up the migrants. So tonight, I want to take your calls on that. We're also going to talk about Tyree Nichols' funeral, some really crazy comments that Al Sharpton made. And it looks like someone is going to challenge former President Trump in the GOP race. we got a lot to get to on the Rita Cosby Show. But taking your calls on what's going on with the migrants. Boy, have we absolutely spoiled these migrants who have just been crossing the border, coming to our country illegally. And I'm sitting there, I'm seeing these stories of individuals. These are of homeless people who have been camping out on the streets. I don't think it's safe that they're out on New York City streets, especially when it's been so cold. And they are moving them. Obviously, it's a mess for businesses. It's a mess for residents. But they're moving just Americans, New Yorkers, everyday citizens from staying on the streets. And yet these migrants seem to have free reign outside of these hotels in New York. So have we absolutely spoiled the migrants, again, who have crossed our border illegally? They have reaped the benefits, I think, of New York and many cities' generosity. And here we are. They're now at a standoff where many of them don't want to leave outside of this hotel. And, in fact, people who have covered war zones before, media representatives, are saying they've never had such a contentious basically situation with individuals like the migrants who've come after them and basically been threatening them going after their cameras. They've had these umbrellas that they've been opening up on their cameras. And it's been just a completely outlandish situation. And I think we've created this. And now we're hearing, you know, Mayor Eric Adams and others saying, oh, this is a terrible situation. Well, guess what? When you create a sanctuary city, That's what happens. You invited them in. You said, we'll get basically take care of you. We'll do everything. And now they don't want to go to a shelter, which is at the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal, because they say those conditions are, quote, inhumane. They are not good enough for the migrants, that they deserve better. They want to stay. I don't blame them for wanting to stay in their cushy, nice four- and five-star hotel at taxpayer expense. But should we really be footing the bill? And didn't we absolutely spoil them, or at least city officials? And this is happening in cities across the country, taking care of them. In fact, there's word they want to put them up in, like, the tallest Holiday Inn. Uh, that's going to cost taxpayers close to 200 bucks a night at that location. So it's not like we're changing the dial. We're maybe moving some of them uh, to this cruise terminal. And by the way, at the Watson Hotel where we're moving people out, the latest word is that they want to move in families of migrants. So these single men, many of them who are staying there and wreaking havoc and abusing a lot of people from the accounts from hotel workers and so forth, well, they don't want to go now to the cruise terminal. They're saying, forget it. We deserve better. So I'm sitting there saying, this is outrageous. Think about the conditions that these people left. Think about why they came to America, because they wanted a better life. And they were, you know, obviously in difficult situations in their country, but they got to come here legally. And how ungrateful that they won't want to leave the property, that they are now camped out outside the Watson Hotel saying, we're not going anywhere. We're not going to move to this basically lousy shelter that you're offering us. We deserve better. We deserve a four- and five-star hotel. I mean, how crazy is this that we're in this situation, that this situation has been created by our city officials who said they're a sanctuary city, and now they're surprised that the migrants are sort of standing up against them. Nothing's good enough for them. Does it sound to you like they're completely ungrateful? That's the way it sounds like to me. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Who do you blame for this situation? Obviously, the migrants, but our city officials also to blame. And what should be done to these basically ungrateful migrants who have gotten, again, a beautiful four- and five-star hotel? It has a pool on top. Uh, Again, they can do room service. They can watch movies. Uh, There's word that there's been parties that there was even during the World Cup. They were having, like, World Cup parties at the hotel. And that's not good enough. And then when they get an offer and are told, hey, please, could you move to the shelter, they don't even want to give it up for migrant families. They want to still stay there. What, do they want to stay there for 10 years on taxpayer expense? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, and you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Of course, all of this comes as there are big hearings on Capitol Hill. The Republicans said they're going to start looking at potentially impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary. I say that can't come soon enough because, boy, that guy has been a disaster. And so today they started hearings. And here is one of the people who was talking. It is the Cochise County, Arizona sheriff. And he basically said all of this falls on Biden and Biden's policies and that these other liberal mayors across the country have also opened the door. Take a listen to what he said just a little bit ago.
1: Well, he's doing a really good job of ignoring it, actually. And I'm not being ill when I say that, but it's true. Let's just call it what it is. Mayor Adams, who's addressing this just like we are on the border, we're on the front line, He's in a secondary line, but it's America's border. He won't even meet with Mayor Adams, who's right down the street from him. So you can imagine how we feel on the southwest border when it comes to being abandoned down there. So I respect what Mayor Adams is dealing with in New York, because we're dealing with it down here on the border, too. It's time this country unites on this. It's time we come together. It's time Congress does something to fix it.
3: Yeah, it sure is time for Congress to fix it. It's also time for cities to sit and say, wait a minute, you know what? If they're not grateful, send them back, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Bob, by the way, on line three. Um, Bob, your thoughts about all of this?
0: Good morning, Rita. Um, Why did Adams welcome these people to start with? He's in over his head. Now he's crying and whining. He's just as bad as Blasio. Yeah, you know, it, Bob,
3: Bob, I hear you. It, it's outrageous because now he's sitting there saying, oh, gosh, boy, you know how we're busting at the seams. We're doing this. He's really trying to have it both ways. Uh, you hit it exactly on the head because he opened the door saying we're a sanctuary city. Everybody's welcome. And right now he's asking for funds, Bob, so they can have more migrants, so they can have more hotels. He's not saying I want money so we can send them back. Um So Even even though he is at least, I'm glad he's drawing attention and he's saying this is a huge issue, it's a problem, he went down to the border, I'm happy about that. That's a heck of a lot more than we've seen from the vice president or the president in terms of really being there on the front lines. I'll give him credit for that. But he's not changing his sanctuary city uh, policy. It's crazy. So, Bob, what kind of a wake-up call do you think Mayor Eric Adams and other mayors need to have?
0: The bottom line is, Biden and Huckle are not going to give him a dime. He's going to be on his own, and the taxpayers are going to stick with the stuck with the bill. It's terrible
3: yeah, it is absolutely terrible. Bob, thank you very, very much for the call. It's good to Ben on line two Ben, your thoughts about this
4: uh yeah, uh welcome back, readers. Good to have you back. Hope you had a good vacation and yeah, my I did thoughts, thank so, you well, great, great and um so I say you know one thing. You call them migrants. They're not really migrants. They're illegal migrants. Terminology is a great thing. So I think that if you can start calling them what they are, it would be a step in the right place.
3: You know what? that's That's a great point. And I do, by the way, I do point out that they came here illegally, but you're right. I think, uh, and what was the word that, um, Hochul used, Ben? She basically said what is undocumented citizens. She didn't even want, Ah. she thought the word migrants was a bad word. I mean, what is it supposed to be? Uh, individuals who came across our border, you know? I mean, the semantics is incredible, right, Ben?
4: Right. And then, you know, if they're migrants, why can't they vote? Because, you know, they're, they're, they migrated here. So, but if you say they're illegal, you know, then, you know, it's like, you know, uh, there there are drugs, and there are Ill, illegal drugs. There's uh, murder, and then, you know, there's uh, justifiable killing of people. So the right terminology is the
3: key. Well, thank you eat. for the call. Thank you for the call. I really appreciate it, Ben. Uh, let's go to Rick on line one. Rick, your thoughts about this? What do you make Hello, of these lovely. migrants? They're spoiled.
5: Hello, lovely Rita. Welcome home.
3: Thank you yeah, so was, much, Rick.
5: I was thinking we'd be happy to put them on a plane and send them back home. Or we could just start putting them in prisons, which is kind of where criminals belong. Uh, they did break the law coming in here, the country legally. Or maybe we could just ship them out to like the middle of the desert in Arizona and give them some lumber and a couple of hammers and go, here you go, build yourself a nice little house, couple nice little houses, and start a new town.
3: <laughs> hey, but Rick you are hardcore uh, you are hard Rick you are it's so you know the the prison idea is an interesting idea but if they think that the cruise ship is inhumane that that shelter can you imagine what they would say about the prison but we we do have to do something to disincentivize them from coming here because it's like a big old neon sign and the more they get freebies and then they hear that, oh, gosh, well, they're still letting them sit on the sidewalk and they're still letting them protest and they're doing this and they haven't arrested them or they haven't done that. What about arresting them for assault? I mean, that's the other thing. You think about some of these uh, members of the media who were hit by umbrellas, were shouted out, all this stuff. I mean, you could think they maybe they should be in prison, those ones who have attacked the media. Uh, so there's a lot of questions here, Rick. You have some creative ideas. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. one 800 And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
1: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
6: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window.
3: The migrants are getting downright feisty and mean and angry. They don't want to leave the very cushy hotels in New York. They're trying to move especially the single male migrants so they can make room for the families in these hotels. And they're trying to move them to the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal where they're creating a big shelter And they say they don't want to go there. It's not as nice. They don't have room service there. They don't have all these other things that they want. And so this standoff, which is taking place of these migrants who are camped out on the sidewalk, has gotten really ugly, uh, especially in the last few days. And some veteran media people who've been out there kind of covering the standoff say it's like worse than a war zone, that they have been treated worse from the migrants, that they've been attacking the media who've been trying to cover it. Uh, one of the migrants, according to one of the camera people, he says, the migrant threatened me with a broom when the cops tried to step in and I had every right to film that they were just so aggressive and mean to them. And that's because New York City, which has been so sympathetic to these illegal migrants. Well, guess what? Now they're spoiled rotten. And unless it's like a four or five star hotel, they don't want to move. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of the standoff that occurred not too long ago. And you can hear the migrants are just getting downright angry with the media because the media is trying to cover it. And some of these media people are even sympathetic to their plight. But the migrants are downright rude. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 back up, back up. Wow, 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 wow. That's like people just filming them. And many of them were there saying they were sympathetic to their plight and just wanted to cover them and draw attention. But the migrants say, no way, they're not going anywhere. Don't you dare film us. And where's my room service? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And this is The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Joseph on line three. Joseph, your reaction to this. This gets me just, it makes my skin crawl. I am so outraged to see how spoiled they are.
5: You know, I have to agree with you. And there was a gentleman or two that called before me that said the same thing. Send them back. I feel bad for the kids because they drag the kids across the border, across whatever desert they cross, and they get them here. And then they got the audacity to come off as though like they they owe them something. I am so sick and tired of these Mexican migrants or any migrants that come here. We should shut the borders and tell everybody to stick it and, and fend for themselves.
3: Yeah, you know what? I actually agree with you. I think that they should go back first off. And then there's some of these groups, too. That's the other thing, Joseph. It's like some of these groups, these activist groups. There's one called the South Bronx Mutual Aid, which is basically fueling the standoff, Uh basically saying, you know, oh, well, you know, we're going to represent you. You have rights. You have this. Where are these groups To Americans, where's the groups when we needed them to defend our, like homeless veterans that we see all over the place in New York and other streets across America. I mean, these groups suddenly come out of the woodwork and are saying, oh, we're defending the migrants. We're defending their rights. What do you make of these groups, Joseph, that somehow are uh, antagonizing and and emboldening these migrants?
5: Well, maybe we have too much freedom here. You know, there's something to be said about socialism because – Many of these groups, they're in it for the money. They could care less about who they say they're representing. They should lock them up, too. I, I'm, I grew up with with all this garbage going on, and all that's happening is that this country is near broke because we're supporting everybody, and uh, we're allowing anybody in, and their grandmother to come in here.
3: I mean, yeah, and, and, and a neon sign, Joseph, too, saying, hey, if you come to New York... You're going to get free this, you're going to get free that, you're going to get free here. And there's also word that they're building up. Uh, it's the tallest hotel, apparently uh, the ho- tallest Holiday Inn in New York, and they're planning on moving migrants there. So what kind of a message? You know, you wonder why they sit there and say we want more, because we're throwing everything at them.
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
7: Bruno. he's your numero
1: uno. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back
8: the Blue.
3: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment where we honor our great law enforcement and their families, a powerful story coming from Dublin, Ohio, where the Fraternal Order of Police recognized a dispatcher who saved a deputy's life. On November 14th, Sergeant Eric Cochran was severely injured in a shootout with Nicholas Mitchell, who was a man who came into the Ross County Sheriff's Office, pulled out a gun suddenly and opened fire and was hitting Sergeant Cochran with bullets flying and shots that actually hit Sergeant Cochran in the chest. The bullet went through one of his lungs, nicked his heart, and lodged in his liver. Well, the Chillicothe Police Department shares the building with the Ross County Sheriff's Office, and a police dispatcher there by the last name of Matson, was there when Mitchell opened fire on the deputy. So Sergeant Cochran was laying in the hallway, said the dispatcher. I found out where his wounds were, and I got first aid to him. I tried to keep him calm and waited until police, sheriff, and medical personnel arrived." Well, they later learned that the shooter was only a few feet away from the dispatcher when the deputy was injured. She says it didn't matter to her where the shooter was. I've been raised around helping people my whole life, and I just ran out the door and tended aid to him. I didn't even think about what was going on. Well, the dispatcher and the deputy were together just a few days ago, and both were heralded, and the dispatcher, for her courage, under Very, very tense situation. She further said, I'm the one who typically sends help, not usually the one running out the door rendering the aid. So it's definitely something different being in that situation, but I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. What a powerful story. And it just goes to show that those dispatchers are such a critical part of our law enforcement. And thank goodness that the sergeant is also okay. We love doing these stories every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great men and women in blue. Well, it is so important to be enforcing the law, especially at our border and board. The Biden administration isn't doing it in any shape or form. A new number just came out recently that there have been more than 300 Thousand gotaways. Those are the ones that we have no track of. We just know that somehow somebody got away. Those are usually the worst of the worst because they're trying to evade law enforcement in every shape or form. Imagine that. 300,000 gotaways. That's since basically the end of October. So that's just what they estimate. They believe that potentially that number could be a lot higher, and that could mean almost up to a million gotaways in one year time period that is a stunning number that's in addition to the millions that we know have crossed the border illegally those are the ones that the border you know patrol basically encounters and other law enforcement encounter so think about just what a voluminous amount is crossing our border every single day and now they know where to go guess what they get the word out they're like hey go to new york or go to this city go here because you'll get this x you'll get this freebie and now we have city officials in places like New York saying, oh, why are they all coming here? Why do they, you know, why are they giving us a hard time about trying to move them from a hotel? Well, guess what? They're seeing the headlines like we all are. And I just mentioned that the world's tallest Holiday Inn got, just got a contract. This is the one that's in the Manhattan Financial District. It is a 50 story, 492 room Holiday Inn. And they just basically did a deal with the city. And the city is going to pay the hotel's owner $190 a room per night. Guess what that comes out to? Again, this is taxpayer money paying for these illegal migrants to stay in hotels. At that one, it's a daily tab of $93,500, a monthly tab of $2.8 million. That is the monthly tab that New York taxpayers will be paying to put these migrants up just in one hotel. And then we see when they have been asked to move out of that other hotel in Midtown, that's the Watson Hotel. Now they're in a standoff basically with the media, with law enforcement. Many of them don't want to move. They don't want to go to a shelter because in the shelter, guess what? It's not so cozy. It's just a big row of beds. They are separating the men and the women at the shelter and, yeah, it's not as nice conditions, but guess what? They cross the border illegally. But they want to stay where they can get room service and everything else, and then they've got these left-wing groups that are joining them and basically saying, you know what? Uh, we're supporting the migrants. Moving them is, quote, inhumane. I say what they're doing to us is inhumane. Here is New York City Councilman Joe Borelli basically saying that New York is busting at the seams And why are taxpayers spending all this money to migrants who are clearly ungrateful?
9: Dozens of officers are assigned to watch some of these migrants whether we're talking about those at the Watson Hotel uh, or we're talking about the ones that that occupy another several dozen buildings throughout the city. So it's squeezing our budget, it's squeezing our resources, uh, and that's why I think you see Mayor Adams so strongly come out against uh, what's been happening. Uh, He's been fairly clear, let's be honest. He said weeks ago that the inn is full, meaning the city can no longer lease any new hotel rooms. There aren't any new new hotels to lease. So when when you hear something about uh, how women in Children are being given priority to these hotel rooms, but they're asking single men to go to a sort of a congregate shelter. This seems entirely reasonable to almost anybody but these wild, crazy leftist activists who really just want to get more money for nonprofits
3: in New York City and change housing policy. And so much for chivalry, because a lot of the guys don't want to leave the hotel. They don't want to go to this cruise ship, which is basically a shelter. They say that's not good enough. These groups are saying that's not good enough. They don't want to make room for the women and children. Uh, I mean, what should happen to these guys? I mean, this is outrageous. And here's a little bit more from New York City Councilman Joe Borelli, basically saying, that New York is still a huge lore whenever a mayor comes out and says, hey, it's a sanctuary city. Even if they say, hey, there's no room at the inn, guess what? Somehow they find another inn to go to.
9: No, they certainly cannot be expelled, but we can offer them tickets on a bus to anywhere they want to go. And I think that's a point that's not being said, is that none of these people have a gun to their head. None of these people are being forced to stay anywhere. Uh, All of these folks, if they believe they can get better resources and better shelter and a job or something elsewhere, they are all free to leave, and the city of New York would provide them with transportation to whichever final destination they choose. So they are staying here because uh, the, the, the Golden Goose is pretty good here in new york we have a right to shelter law which the mayor is constrained by so he is under some obligation to provide the bare necessities and i think that's what he's actually trying to do by opening up this large shelter
3: but they don't want the bare necessities and guess what if you give somebody a four or five star hotel room and give them free reign to where they're having parties in the hotel room and these allegations that they were abusing a lot of the workers even at the hotel. They were having parties. They were having uh, free-for-alls, if you will, uh, sexual free-for-alls based on some of the reports in the stairways and elsewhere. And now suddenly you want to put them in a shelter? Guess what? You shouldn't have given them these cozy situations to begin with. And I think if they don't want to move, I think deport them. I really do. I think it is outrageous. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. And speaking of sort of left wing groups, take a listen. This is Congressman Adam Schiff. He was testifying, uh, or actually asking questions today during testimony on Capitol Hill. House Judiciary Committee, was holding hearings about the border, talking about the border issues. And he, along with almost every other Democrat on the panel, basically is basically saying, if you want the migrants to leave or if you're tough on the migrants, well, then you're just a terrible person. Listen to the way he categorizes the Republicans who are criticizing the migrants in general.
2: Instead of tackling those concerns or joining Democrats in a comprehensive immigration reform, many Republicans in Congress seem intent on demonizing migrant families and asylum seekers, portraying them as fentanyl traffickers and violent criminals. In the real world, asylum seekers are vulnerable individuals and families fleeing political persecution and torture. And these terrible stereotypes that my Republican colleagues are peddling have real-world consequences, and bring real-world harm as they increase the level of hate and violence directed at immigrants here at home.
3: So does that sound like it fits the guys who don't want to leave the four- or five-star hotels in New York City? at taxpayer expense that they don't want to go to? A big mass shelter that that's not good enough? I mean, this is really crazy. And, yeah, there are people who come to this country who absolutely have rights as asylum seekers. But if you talk to anybody who has spent time at the border and those with Border Patrol, that number that really qualifies for true asylum, that they're leaving, you know, unconscionable situations or political persecution, uh, a variety of things that really qualify for true asylum, that's almost in the single digits in terms of percentages You know, It's about 10%, they will often say. It's not, guess what, 99%. And I don't blame anybody for coming to America. I blame us for creating the situation where they can't wait to come in, where they're sending the message, hey, go to this city, go to this one. You're going to get a freebie here. You're going to get a freebie there. And this is the way they handle it, and we're supposed to still bend over backwards. What about our American citizens, many of them who would love shelter? They'd love to be on the Brooklyn cruise ship. They'd love they would they would think that's great. It's freezing cold outside in New York and so many cities right now. And yet it's not good enough for the migrants. And somehow they haven't been arrested yet. Somehow they've just gotten kind of warnings and the police are basically hands off with them. The media is getting like assaulted by them and everybody's supposed to just kind of shut up and take it. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. 1 800 848 9222. 1 800 848 9222. Let's go to Elena on line eight. Go ahead, Elena. Your thoughts about all this. Good evening, Rita. Welcome back. I missed you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Elena. I missed you too. It's great to talk to you. Thank you.
10: Rita, these illegal migrants were actually guests of the president and his government. They're not guests, and they're not migrants. They're freeloaders, because they heard that everything is fria, fria in America. So we really have to hold the president and the government and whoever is supporting him, his party, his colleagues, his whatever, uh, we have to hold them responsible. Uh, The governor, the mayor of New York, he's kind of stuck he welcomed them at the bus, and now he doesn't know where to put them because they want better lodgings than he has. So, Rita, we just, as Americans, as American citizens, we really have to make more reaction to this mess.
3: Yeah, I agree. And you know what, also, Elena, I think I think you hit some great points. Freeloader is a good word because a lot of them really are freeloading. And Mayor Eric Adams is trying to kind of have it both ways, like you just said. He, like, said, hey, come on here, we're a sanctuary city, do all this. And then you can't say, oh, whoa, 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 I, I didn't mean, you know, forty, fifty thousand 50,000 of you. You know what I mean? It's like he, you can't open the genie, you know, the bottle and then say, oh, gosh, let me put the genie back in. You know, I mean, it, it, the politics of it are just incredible. Elena, thank you so much for the call. Let's let's go to Joe uh, real quick on line two. Joe, your thoughts me, yep, you are on Joe. go ahead
0: hi, I think the uh I think I can explain why um the migrants are staying in their hotel, and I think they're right to do so
3: and why is that real quick? go ahead
0: They don't accept capitalist property relations that is, if there are lots of empty apartments and no one's in them. They don't see, why can't we live there? We're there for human needs, not for human profit. That's the problem. You've got to get that. They come from a country where social democracy is the dorm of countries. And why let a hotel room go empty on a freezing night?
3: Yeah, Joe, that's not the point. The point is there are women and children who would like to be in that hotel room. And, and I actually think, especially if you look at some of these, you know, difficult situations, obviously there are men who are in difficult situations, too. But I certainly think women, especially with small children, should certainly have priority. But they don't want to give it up for the women and children. Uh, so much for chivalry among the migrants. Uh, so that kind of blows the lid on your story. But that's an interesting perspective, Joe. We're going to take your calls more after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222.
1: The Rita Cosby Show.
3: Well, are they freeloaders who just want a free hotel room, the migrants, now camped out still outside this hotel in New York City. After, of course, the mayor put out the welcome mat, and now we saying, whoa, 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 we didn't want that many to come. And now they're trying to be moved to a shelter, the male ones, and they don't want to go. They don't want to give up the space for the women and children to go into the hotel and make room for the families. Oh, no, no, no. So many of them, by the way, are also camped out outside. They're getting extremely aggressive with the media. And so far they haven't been arrested. They're just kind of hanging out there. And everybody is sort of letting them. They're saying it's getting very contentious. Uh, they're basically throwing things at the media and shouting at the media. And not, ever, not even responding basically to law enforcement. So have we created sort of a monster. Have we created this dynamic that's going to be hard to turn around? And guess what? Some of them are still being put up in other hotels in this time. So this, the word gets out. You know it. You know when they're sitting there, even on the other side of the border, they're like, hey, go to New York. You're going to get freebies left and right. And guess what? They also have these left-wing groups that are out there. They have people who have sort of become spokespersons for the migrants, basically saying, you can't move these guys. It's inhumane. They shouldn't be in a shelter. They deserve better. Take a listen. This is New York City Councilman Joe Borelli talking about the role of these left-wing groups.
9: Well, th- this is straight out of the lefty playbook. Uh, and, and it's not even the upper class work. It's sort of the freshman level intro stuff. Uh, what they do is they come out and they say uh, everything is the result of a racist, evil society, even our own uh, shelter plan for these migrants. Uh, and the only solution is more funding, uh, more resources going to these these shelters that are coincidentally often run by the same nonprofits. So I'm not surprised. We see this all over the place. Uh, and uh, really, these, these nonprofit and advocate organizations, Organizations have accumulated a, a large number, a large amount of power in New York City uh, and other large cities in America. So they are playing these migrants as pawns. I'm sure there are some very decent people who are being influenced by them. Uh, and unfortunately, though, if you're a migrant, and you're seeing a pretty good track record with these advocacy groups because the city is, is basically bending down to their every need and whim.
3: Yeah, and so far they're not moving them. one 800 two. Let's go to Jennifer in Boston, line two. Jen, your thoughts about this. This is outrageous. They don't want to make room for the women and kids. Uh, they're getting aggressive with the media and cops, and they're still kind of camped out there. It's almost like, you know, what, is it going to be like a day 307 at some point?
7: Rita, it's good to hear you. Um, I hope you enjoyed your time away, um, and thanks thank on for filling in. It was yes. nice to hear Donna. It's nice to hear you both always. So, um, thank you. Real quick, uh, I want to speak about the migrants, but real quick, if I could, I wanted to thank one of your listeners, Stan. I don't know not I just tuned in late, so I don't know not anyone already did, but Stan from California set up a GoFundMe for David in the Bronx, who's been having some healthcare issues and having a hard time buying medicine, insulin, and that sort of thing. So if anyone wants to help, I thank Stan, and it's uh the GoFundMe is David from the Bronx. So.
3: Um, Oh, wow. And by the way, as I've been off and I I heard that uh, David has had some difficult situations and he's he's a regular caller. We love David and how beautiful uh, that that GoFundMe was set up. That's great. Thank you, you, Jen. I'm so happy to hear that.
7: Yeah, he's a great guy David. We disagree politically many a time, but he's very he's a very kind, bright, dignified man and I have such respect for him. So thank you for letting me say that. Regarding these illegal immigrants because if they're asylum seekers, they would have sought asylum the correct way, Rita, you know, um, you know, go to the port of entry, go to your, you know, the closest um Oh, what am I trying to say? Uh, You know, when you're out in your country, I can't think of the name of it, but the consulate and all that. Yeah, go to the consulate, right. They they just, you know, they just come up here because they know they're going to get this kind of treatment. And to me, it's disgraceful. I wonder how many of those activists, and I'm using my air quotes, have invited one of those uh, illegal immigrants into their homes. And to me, it's the equivalent of someone breaking into your house because it's cold outside and they need a place to stay. And once they're in, they're like... Oh well, listen. Am I not going to get a hot breakfast? What's with this cereal? What do you mean I got to sleep on the couch? I want that big king size bed. You know, where the rose petals for my bath. I mean, what the hell, Rita? What is going on? I mean, us Americans. Like I said, my dad was uh, was in the Korean conflict and served aboard ship. And, you know, he had, he had a basic bed, Rita. And you know what? He didn't gripe about it the way the illegals are griping about their basic
3: beds that are being you know, provided. You know, Jen, I hear you. And, you know, you bring up a great point um, because it is. It's like they break into a house and say, wait, 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 you're, you're going to kick me out. And I would like to know how many of them invited them over to their home. Remember when they went to Martha's Vineyard where many of these people kind of hang out? Well, guess what? They kicked him out after, what was it, 24 hours?
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: You are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Great to be back after a few fun days off with family. But, you know, we're talking a lot about what's going on with the migrants later on in the hour. I'm going to be taking your calls also on the Tyree Nichols funeral service that took place today in Memphis. Of course, uh, this is the guy who was pulled over by the officers. Uh, beaten by the police at the traffic stop, died a few days later. And today, in the sort of never miss an opportunity, uh, Al Sharpton comes out. Same kind of cast of characters that come out of the woodwork every time. Obviously, it was horrible what happened to Tyree Nichols. There is no doubt about it. We've all seen the videotape. It's just so tough and difficult to watch. Uh, the fact that, you know, he was beaten to a pulp. You see, three days later, he passes away. Uh, Horrible situation. We know that the five officers were fired and charged with second-degree murder. Others also fired and let go. Fire department as well. Uh, The EMTs who didn't tend to him at the scene. There were so many horrible mistakes made, and it's it's just it's shocking. On the other hand, you sit there and you listen to Al Sharpton today at the funeral, and we're going to talk about that later on. He plays the race card. Remember, the officers are African-Americans. And yet every opportunity, whenever there's anything, he comes out and basically blames it all on race. And then we've got members of the mainstream media who basically say, gosh, this never would have happened if Tyree Nichols was white. Is there anybody out there who actually thinks that? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And we are also talking, of course, about what's going on at the border and the migrants who don't want to leave the sidewalk in New York City in front of the very cozy four- and five-star hotels because guess what? They're enjoying it. They don't want to make room for the women and children migrants who should be inside in those rooms because space is limited at the end. And again, guess who's paying for it all? We the taxpayers, Jennifer was just saying in the last hour, she made a great analogy. She's like, it's if someone breaks into your house, basically puts their foot up, uh, you know, their feet up on the couch and starts eating your food and watching TV, and then you say, hey, could you leave? And you're like, no, 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 we're not going to leave. Uh, they're essentially squatters and basically a taxpayer's expense when you sit and think about it. And why would they not want to make room for women and children? Why do they not want to leave? Well, because we've basically given them everything. And they're sitting there laughing and taking it to the bank. You see our American, basically, citizens who are out on the streets, they're not getting these cozy hotels. They're lucky if they get a shelter. And yet the migrants, it's not good enough for them. And this comes as the House Judiciary Committee held some hearings today because they are basically headed towards where they plan to do an impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. And one of the big issues is, of course, the illegal migrants, but it's also the illegal drugs. But if you listen to Democrat Adam Schiff, he has a whole other theory for what's going on with fentanyl. Take a listen to this guy.
2: I want to start my questions by debunking A couple pernicious stereotypes. First, when it comes to drug trafficking, CBP reports that over 83 percent of smuggled fentanyl, heroin, and methamphetamine is discovered during vehicle inspections at ports of entry where people enter the country legally. Not smuggled by migrants, but driven across the border by U.S. citizens engaged in criminal activity at ports of entry.
3: And Congressman Chip Roy responded
5: to Schiff. I just want to clarify the record here first. Uh, the idea that the fact that fentanyl is caught at ports of entry uh, and that that is the only place that that is coming through is belied by the facts and is belied by the facts that the Border Patrol is now distracted processing human beings. Just as the judge from El Paso just described, but just ignores the impact on what that does to the actual border, the Border Patrol can't possibly catch all of the fentanyl at the ports of entry, nor catch the fentanyl between the ports of entry. Mr. Daniels, do you agree with that assessment? I do. We've had a depletion in Border Patrol because they've been taken to other areas where
2: processing is more important.
5: And is it your experience that fentanyl pours in between the ports of entry and, and that fentanyl does, in fact, get into our communities in mass quantities today due to our open border? Yes,
3: Yes, and he's talking to the Cochise County, Arizona sheriff, Sheriff Daniels, uh, who I think knows a little bit better than Adam Schiff. And here is Congressman Wesley Clark basically saying race doesn't have anything to do with this. Take a listen, because Adam Schiff and the Democrats keep trying to play the race card and saying, well, you're a racist if you're going after this. No, it's about keeping the country safe. Take a listen.
11: But this is actually not about race. This is actually an issue of public safety. And if I call this, if I call this an invasion, sir, I'm not racist. I can assure you I'm not racist. What I can assure you is that I want to make sure that fentanyl doesn't indiscriminately kill any race, religion, color, or creed. Because fentanyl doesn't care where you're from. Fentanyl doesn't care about race. Fentanyl kills indiscriminately.
3: And that was Congressman Wesley Hunt talking about just how lethal and how deadly fentanyl is. And meantime, not just the drugs, but just the overwhelming amount of migrants is taking over New York City and other cities across this country. In New York City, they don't want to move off the sidewalks, and they're getting downright aggressive. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens, because these very hardcore sort of left-wing groups are now sort of aligning with the migrants who are saying, oh, well, they shouldn't be moving. It's inhumane to move them to a shelter. It's not fair to them. They are basically fueling the fire. And I want to find out who are funding these groups. Is it George Soros? Probably, I bet ya, like everything else that's going on on the left-wing side of America. It would be interesting. Who is funding these particular groups that now they suddenly have a spokesperson. They suddenly have, I'm waiting for them to, what, have a chef outside, too, as well? Because, boy, they're getting everything, and they are getting downright just, like, just violent and outlandish. And some of the comments that they're making to even the media and police, take a listen. Here's a little bit of some of the police trying to move the media back uh, because the migrants are just getting very hostile
7: can't go on I understand media on the house you guys there are our cars
4: need a bit guys get them the south guys I appreciate it thank
7: you
3: and yeah that's really great in new york city on a busy street uh right in front of a nice hotel And the migrants have basically taken over the sidewalk. And now, again, they have a spokesperson from this left-wing group uh, that basically has become their advocate, saying they deserve much better than the cruise terminal, that, boy, they can't have that ship. That's not good enough for them. Wouldn't it be nice to be on a cruise ship? Wouldn't it be nice to have free food? Wouldn't it be nice to have all those other things? No, no, no. They deserve a four- and five-star hotel. And, again, the price tag is several hundred bucks a night, several hundred bucks a night, taxpayer expense, one 800 one 800 and you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Norm on line six. Norm, your thoughts about all of this, Norman?
11: Well, first my thoughts are uh, I'm glad you're back because I had Rita withdrawal syndrome, just to let you know that.
3: Oh, thank And I had Norman withdrawal syndrome, so I'm glad oh, we're no, reunited. I doubt,
11: it. I, I, I doubt it. But I love you. Oh, I love
3: you. Actually, Norm, I love you, and I love hearing from all of you guys. And you know you're one of my favorites, so thank you, Norm. Thank you, Rita. Okay,
11: um, I'm just I'm, I'm listening to Schiff and what Schiff's saying. I mean, I just – where is the where is the indignation? Where is Where is the outrage over these governments – these people are coming from specifically maybe three or four countries. Okay, where is the outrage against the leaders of those countries that have created such a, a mess of their countries that they have to come to the United States? That's it. I just you know I'm like, okay, the people are fleeing. The people are fleeing. They're they're fleeing from somewhere. So why aren't we doing something about it? Why what, what sanctions? And all, I mean, we're 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 upset about what's going on in Ukraine. That does not directly affect us, okay? I mean, we do not border with Ukraine. It is thousands and thousands of miles away. These people are coming from absolutely not that far away. I mean, there's only like Mexico, and then they're you know they're, they're coming from Central America. So why 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 aren't we doing something about this? I mean, you know it's uh, interesting, these, these compassionate Norm. These passionate liberals, these compassionate people, they're absolutely silent on this issue, and it's Yeah, they up. are.
3: They are. Norm, I hear it. And and listen, you know, the thing, too, I think, Norm, as you're talking, why are we not sending the price tag to these countries? Just like you said, it's like we should be sending Mexico. Okay, well, we're housing these people. The price tag for X amount that came from Mexico is X a day. I mean, that's what we need to do is start playing hardball with these countries. But the problem is, and you know it so well, Norm, we've got a president who doesn't even want to admit that the border is open, which we clearly all see. I mean, I think he thinks we're stupid and we're blind, and yet he continues with that myth all the time, and so does Mayorkas every time. And remember, when he met with the Mexican president, the Mexican president praised our president for being the first president in a long time who hasn't built one meter of the border wall. And our president said, oh, thank you, President Obrador. What a great, terrible person I am for national security. But I'm so glad I didn't build any of the border wall. I mean, it's just it it is absolutely incredible. And the mindset of our president has created this mess, and we're feeling it every single day. And unless citizens start, I think, even, you know, peacefully protesting and saying, hey, what's going on here? Uh, I don't know how it's going to turn around. It is a disaster. Norm, thank you. Let's go to Frank uh, from Ontario to get that perspective. Frank, your thoughts. Are you sitting there looking, going, what is going on in America?
12: Uh, great to have you back, Rita. Uh, thank Dominic you, Frank. It was great, but uh, we all miss you.
3: Oh, thank anyway, you. And I I um, know it was in good hands with my good buddy Dom. So thank you, Frank.
12: Yeah, he he's excellent. But uh, um anyway, um I can't believe that like I had the experience here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada maybe a few years ago that there was some um, immigrants that were staying at one of the high-class hotels and they complained same thing about the food and They had nowhere for their children to play and everything. Really? So I actually phoned the city hall here and said, can I speak to the mayor? Of course you can't get through. And I said, can I come and stay at the Sheridan for maybe half a day and someone make my bed and serve me food? Like, my God, like this is so ridiculous and so obscene.
3: It is, it is. And and Frank, that that is what is so stunning. You hit a great thing because you think they would go click. No way, Frank. No way. And that's the sad thing. They are not treating American citizens that way. And yet migrants are getting free reign. We're gonna continue everybody with your calls after the break. Frank, you think Frank, thanks so much. One 9222 And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show.
1: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: And coming up in a few minutes here on the show, we're going to be talking about Al Sharpton, of course, playing the race card during the funeral that took place just a few hours ago in Memphis of Tyree Nichols. Of course, the guy who was driving, who was beaten by the police at a traffic stop. Remember, all the officers were African-American. He was African-American. Obviously, what happened to him was horrible. We've all seen the videotape. And it's, you know, it's it's hard to watch, but I get so just disgusted every time I see Al Sharpton showing up. And no matter what, even though the officers were black, he still says this is all about race. Take a listen to what Al Sharpton said at the funeral, which was supposed to be a celebration of Tyree Nichols life. Al Sharpton uses it again as a sort of media opportunity for Al Sharpton. Take a listen. Well,
13: understand, how are they going to keep crime down in the black community and at the same time not be tough and rough? Well, they do it the same way they do it on the white side of Memphis, and they keep the crime down without being rough and tough. How do you have the same department that can keep crime down on one side of town without beating folk to death? But you can't do it on the other side of town unless you feel that you can get away with it there. I can't speak for everybody in Memphis. I can't speak for everybody gathering. But for me, I believe if that man had been white, you wouldn't have beat him like that that night.
3: That, to me, is so disgusting to hear Al Sharpton say that. Listen, the officers have been charged appropriately. They are charged with murder, second-degree murder. Others have lost their jobs. There is no question they should be held accountable. But Al Sharpton, what, is he disappointed? Uh, He wants to fuel the flames even more and take advantage. Every time there's a situation like this, he's accusing it of racism. He is playing the race card. And I want to get your thoughts about those comments from Al Sharpton at a time where, Race relations are just so sensitive in America right now. This situation is so sensitive. And it was supposed to be a tribute to Tyree Nichols' life, the funeral. His family was there. Other people were there. Kamala Harris was there. And Al Sharpton sitting there basically saying it's because he's black that he was beaten to death by black officers. Is there anybody out there who thinks that Al Sharpton is right and that he's not a race hustler? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, and you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. And we're also talking about the situation with the migrants where they're basically hanging out on the sidewalk. Even though it's cold, they do not want to leave the location because they don't want to go to the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal because they said it's not good, there's not enough bathrooms there, it's not a good situation, it's more of a public setting, you know, where there's sort of cots. It's not as cushy as the old four- and five-star hotel, and they don't want to give it up. And meantime, we got Mayor Eric Adams in New York City, basically saying, no, there isn't a standoff. He's not denying that there's a standoff. I mean, he's basically saying, you know what, uh, this is just a, a situation. We're just trying to work it out. And the migrants are getting, like, downright volatile with the media and also with the police. And I'm wondering how long this is going to last. Are we going to be talking about, like, migrant standoff day 400, you know, coming up soon? I mean, who knows where this is going? Have we spoiled them rotten and are they ungrateful? one 800 848 one 800 let us go to Tony on line four. Tony, your thoughts?
8: Yes, hi, Rita. Thank you very much for taking my call. And I'd just like to start off saying that hey, um, this is my opinion and my, op- on my opinion only. Um, I don't understand why we can't microchip, the, you know, the, the migrants when they come over. If, if we're going to let them come into this country... We should microchip them so we can actually follow them around the country. And if we're going to let them stay at hotels that are like high-class hotels, why can't we find work for them to do? Like uh, not paid work, the work that let's just say they're getting paid by allowing to stay in these places that they're staying in. Uh, There's plenty of uh, rivers. There's plenty of roadways. There's plenty of signposts that need to be painted. There's plenty of concrete that needs to be repaired. Let's put them to work and let them earn their keep until we find out where we can go with this.
3: You know, Tony, I like your idea. Uh, Have them working just like you said. Have them do at least contributing positions at the hotels in the various places. Have them clean up the sidewalk. Um, Have them do a whole bunch of stuff like that. At least then you could say they're being productive and giving back as opposed to what many of us believe is being freeloaders in certain situations. That is a brilliant idea. We're going to continue with your calls, and we're also going to talk about Al Sharpton playing the race card at Tyree Nichols' funeral.
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents so.
3: And in tonight's support, our hero segment, where we honor our great military and their family. Big story coming from Tennessee—a beautiful story where veterans were honored for their service during the Korean War. Veteran Services Officer Susan Peglow led the Korean War Medal ceremony in the McMinn County Courthouse, recognizing U.S. Army veteran Jimmy Ray Edwards and also U.S. Navy veteran Norman Blair. On top of the appreciation given by the South Korean government, Edwards also received a purple heart in recognition for the injury that he suffered during the conflict. Peglo said, a lot of people forget that we went to Korea. We weren't there as long as we were in Vietnam. It didn't have the big impact of World War II, but it had still a very big impact, and we need to recognize that. And Peglo said that it was for freedom, of course, for South Vietnam people, in contrast to the tyranny of North Koreans that they are now living under. You guys promoted a lot more peace than you would realize, she said, to the veterans because of what you did. The people of South Korea are free. The Korean people wanted to say thank you. What a powerful and beautiful story. And she said, on behalf of a grateful nation and also the president of the United States, I want to say thank you. These men sacrificed their youth and they gave up a lot. For our country and how beautiful to see that they were recognized by South Korea and also one of them receiving a purple heart and recognition of an injury that he got when he was in Seoul, Korea, when a tank that he was in was hit by an enemy landmine and he was severely injured and beautiful to see their service and their sacrifice recognized. By the way, everybody, I don't know if you saw the big news, but it looks like Nikki Haley is going to be getting into the race against President Trump. Remember, President Trump just announced his candidacy. He was the first one in, and he's been the you know, only person in now for a bit of time. Remember, he announced it just after the midterms. This is when he did that at Mar-a-Lago. Remember this?
12: In order
0: to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States.
3: Out of claps there, uh, Nikki Haley. It'll be interesting to see what's going to happen because, of course, Donald Trump was her boss. Uh, you know, she was the former UN ambassador under the Trump administration to term former South Carolina governor, um, has been a successful governor, did a good job, I think, as UN ambassador. And she said she wasn't going to challenge Trump, but now word is that she called President Trump to let him know, basically, that she is thinking of getting in the race. And there are reports that on February 15th, which is not that far away now, she is going to announce her candidacy that she is going to run against President Trump. And whoever else enters what may be a very crowded field, she's planning on announcing it uh, in her home state there in Charleston, South Carolina. But that will certainly show that it's going to be a very contentious and heated primary season. And there may be many, many more getting in the race. Do you think that Nikki Haley has a chance against Donald Trump? And how do you think the primaries are going to go? Remember when it was a crowded field last time in 2016 uh, when Trump was running against, you know, Jeb Bush and Chris Christie and so many others, little Marco, remember, with his hands and everything else. Uh Boy, it's going to get really spirited, and it's going to be interesting to see how the back and forth goes with Nikki Haley and President Trump, if there's going to be other people in the race. But it looks like at least she is the first one to basically – According to many reports, throw her hat in and say that she is willing to take on President Trump. I got to get your thoughts on that as well. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 9222 Well, race relations will certainly be a topic in the upcoming elections. And boy, it is going to get heated. That and the border, as we've been talking about the issue with the illegal migrants. And as we've been talking about race, I just am still so stunned that here it is, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised because Al Sharpton never misses an opportunity to have an opportunity to talk about race or try to put the limelight on himself and play the race card. And here was the funeral today for Tyree Nichols. Uh, of course, the man who was beaten by the officers, the African American officers, remember, who have now been fired, charged with second degree murder as they appropriately should. Uh, they were so over the top in the way that they handled what was a traffic stop. And you look at the whole situation behind it. It was just horrible. He was not, of course, attended to appropriately by medics either. So many mistakes. And it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's disturbing to watch that video. But it is so horrible to see Al Sharpton using the race card. Of course, he goes down there and the family asks him every time you see him, you see Benjamin Crump, the attorney who's always there at all these cases. Kamala Harris is there at the funeral in Memphis. And Al Sharpton, again, playing the race card. I've got to get your take on just how unseemly you think it is that Al Sharpton, here at a time where race relations are just so sensitive in our country, and this case has just, I think just, it's heartbreaking. I think anybody, uh, whatever your skin color is, it's just horrible to see that video. The cops clearly uh, were way overzealous. They were brutal. Uh, they I think they should absolutely stand trial. I think it's horrible what happened. But then to have Al Sharpton come in and try to, like, sort of stir up the cauldron just to me, just is just so unseemly. It's like he never misses an opportunity to basically play the race card. And how is there a race card in this? Do you guys think there's anything to do with race? These are just, I in my mind, completely horrible, overzealous cops who clearly got you know, caught up in the moment, uh, took advantage of the situation, took everything out of this guy. When you hear them making the comments even afterwards, it's horrible, absolutely horrible. Throw the book at him. But don't say that all cops are bad and all cops are racist. Again, these guys were African-American, and Tyree Nichols is African-American. And yet Al Sharpton says it's basically all about race, and he's basically trashing every officer across this country. Take a listen to what Al Sharpton said at the funeral that was supposed to be a tribute to Tyree Nichols. How is this a tribute to Tyree Nichols to be stirring up the race card? Take a listen.
13: Well, we ready stand. How are they going to keep crime down in the black community and at the same time not be tough and rough? Well, they do it the same way they do it on the white side of Memphis and they keep the crime down without being rough and tough. How do you have the same department that can keep crime down on one side of town without beating folk to death, but you can't do it on the other side of town? unless you feel that you can get away with it there. I can't speak for everybody in Memphis. I can't speak for everybody gathering. But for me, I believe that if that man had been white, you wouldn't have beat him like that that night.
3: That, to me, is so disgusting at a time where even the family has called for calm. I mean, Tyree Nichols' family has said, you know, please, no you know violent protests like we saw in the quote summer of love of 2020 they've asked for calm they've of course wanted justice for their son understandably but they've also asked for calm and then you throw in an al sharpton how does that help race relations in this country to me that is just it it is such an opportunist such a race baiter and it's the horrible situation at a time where this family is trying to call for calm, and then you got Al Sharpton throwing in the match at a funeral that's supposed to be a tribute to Tyree Nichols' life. How is that a tribute to Tyree Nichols' life? one 800 848 one 800 And here is, by the way, the mainstream media. Listen to Whoopi Goldberg on The View. Of course, she also says that... This is basically all about race. Take a listen, because this comment from Whoopi Goldberg is making a lot of headlines. If it's a white policeman or a black policeman, it is a problem in the
9: police policing itself. You know, seems things don't sense to people unless it's somebody they can feel or they can recognize. Mm -hmm. But how many times do we have to do we need to see white people also get beaten before anybody will do anything? I'm not suggesting that. So don't write us and tell me what a you know what a racist I am. I'm just asking, is that is that what people have to see in order to wake up and realize this affects us all.
3: What an outrageous disgusting comment. And here is Joy Reed on MSNBC basically saying what happened to Tyree is basically par for the course in the United States. That's a really like outrageous comment too. Take a listen.
11: Now, if you have a heart, what happened to the 29-year-old father, skateboarder, FedEx driver, and amateur photographer should outrage you. It should shock and disgust you, as should the so-called brothers who chose to behave like a little blue gang rather than as black men. But it damn sure shouldn't surprise you. What happened to Tyree Nichols was as American as apple pie. From the start, the European colonies in the Americas were designed to produce two kinds of people subjects and citizens and violence was at the
3: center of it all. This is the system in America. I mean, they're like a blanket, like every cop is out there to beat up African Americans. That, That is the most outrageous comment at a time where race relations are sensitive. There needs to be discussions. I absolutely think, but it's this situation the situation with five African-American officers, that it's authority versus uh, an African-American. Is that what this is about? And Al Sharpton coming in and saying it's all about race, that if he was white, he would not have been beaten to death at his funeral. That's what he says. one 800 848 one 848 9222 two, two. let's go to mike in south carolina line seven mike your thoughts about all of this
14: unbelievable rita and i hope you enjoy your time off uh, unbelievable um you know the reverend al sharpton you know no justice no peace to say that at the young man's funeral mass, if this man was white he would not have been beaten to really keep playing the race card you know, it is outrageous. Sharpton's done it before. The phony reverend, he couldn't hold the overcoat or the top hat of the late, great Martin Luther King. And I'll tell you this, reader: uh, My dad, rest his soul, 52 years supermarkets. He had a store in Garden City. Ray Kelly, Grace Kelly um, shopped there. And the present mayor now called Ray Kelly, you know, not too long ago. He was a racist. Keep playing the race card. It'll really improve the race relations we have in our country. Outrageous. And Kamala Harris, isn't that nice? And whoopie we'll yeah, Goldberg. It, it, what it is
3: fueling, it's fueling the flames. Oh. It, it is. I, I agree with you, Mike. It is so outrageous. And, and you know what? I, I feel bad for the family of Tyree Nichols. They've obviously yeah. had a horrible loss, and they're vulnerable. And now this guy comes in. And they said, we want it to be a tribute. We want it to be a tribute to his life. We want to talk about his accomplishments, what he did. How is this a tribute? I mean, that that's what I feel. It, it, they, he basically like sabotaged the funeral and turned it into something uh, that is self-serving for himself or his own sort of self-serving mission. And uh, just like you said, this does not help race relations. Mike, thank you. Great point. Let's go to Larry. Line two, Larry, your thoughts about this? Hi Rita, can you hear me? Well, no? I hear you perfectly clear. Go ahead, Lair. Okay, listen. I want
0: to. We're losing our heads, Rita. We got to get our heads back. Al, this is not the Al Sharpton of old. Okay, he has reformed himself. Okay, there are forces that have arisen that are much more evil than Al Sharpton that are causing this to happen. And Whoopi Goldberg, you have to separate Whoopi Goldberg from Joyce Reed. Joyce Reed is a subversive that should be deported. Whoopi Goldberg is a beautiful person looking for true answers. Do not condemn Whoopi Goldberg. She asked an innocent question. There was nothing wrong. And let me tell you what's going on here. There are forces in this country that are encouraging black youth to rebel against the police. There's the people that push critical race theory, um, uh, the people that do, do like do the Joyce reads, and also Mark Zuckerberg. On Facebook, you know how many videos there are about people ass- standing up to cops and asserting their rights against cops? Well,
3: well and Larry, Larry, the, all those points, I hear you, and that's why I hate when I hear Al Sharpton saying this. He is playing that. I don't think he's like this reformed guy. He's going back to the old playbook. This is what Al Sharpton's been doing for decades. And any opportunity where he can basically like churn the wheel and, and somehow get involved and have maybe companies come in and have them sponsor him or do whatever it is. Um, and in this case, get attention for himself. Uh, it is completely self-serving. It's completely, uh, I think toxic. And I don't think it does anything for race relations in this country. And I think even Whoopi Goldberg throwing out that question is a very dangerous question. She's made some comments before about other things that are completely inappropriate. So it's not just some sort of like isolated comment. It comes on the heels of other stuff, too. Uh, But I hear you, Larry. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222.
1: The Rita Cosby Show.
3: We are talking here on the Rita Cosby Show of, sadly, I think, Al Sharpton just fueling the flames. It was the funeral today of Tyree Nichols held in Memphis. And the family of Tyree Nichols, who, of course, died after he was beaten by police officers. Those officers have been fired. They're going to face serious, uh, uh, just a brutal trial. You can imagine they've been charged with second-degree murder. And now is the funeral today, which is supposed to be, quote, a celebration of his life. And Al Sharpton comes in playing the race card, basically saying, Tyree, uh, if he was white, he wouldn't have been beaten to death. Uh, how is that a tribute to Tyree's life when the family is calling for calm and calling for it to be a tribute to honor him and his life? And then you got Al Sharpton thrown in there trying to basically fuel the flames of racism, Never miss an opportunity, Al Sharpton, 1-800-848-9222, one let us go to Stan, line four. Stan, uh, your thoughts about this, my friend. How are you? Welcome back. Thank you, Stan. It's great to talk to you. All right, what what here do you it think is. about uh, all this? Uh, go three ahead.
6: Separate, three separate topics quickly. Uh, Sharpton, the hustler, he's always been a hustler. Who pays for this guy to come? When these happen... Someone pays the family. The, no, how did he get there? he come on his own? Or normally he only shows up when it's black uh, uh, people that are killed and so forth. Which yeah, and, the, and also,
3: by the way, Stan, he normally only shows up when there's like a, a whole bunch of cameras, too. He's yeah, got well, it, camera items. Uh,
6: he paid for He never goes anywhere unless someone shows out the dime. So uh, I don't know how he got there, and I don't care about it. But what he said was ludicrous. The second thing, Nikki Haley... Ain't going nowhere. I'm sorry to say, like nice lady, but Nikki Haley cannot get the nomination, and uh, the man from Florida is going to wait till about July, and then he'll make his move. But uh, Trump will eat her yeah. alive.
14: Sadly, he'll just
6: yeah.
3: Her by here. the way, and Stan, I agree with you. I think on all points, I do think it's probably going to be a Trump versus DeSantis. And I think there's going to be other people in the race too, not just Nikki Haley. Um, I think it's going to be probably she opens the door. It's probably going to be a pretty crowded field, uh, and it's going to be interesting. I think we'll see sort of a rehash, a bit of what happened in 2016, and I think it's going to be it is going to be uh, gloves off. Uh, from President Trump, I think, uh, you know, when it starts getting into not just Nikki Haley, I think we're seeing, we're going to see probably maybe Pompeo and Chris Christie and all these others. Uh, but, Dan, I agree with you on basically all counts tonight. And, uh, well, great one to and talk last with thing,
6: you. one last thing. Uh, go the ahead. Ho- the, uh, no one's mentioned it, but the hotel industry, Holiday Inn, all the major hotels and the luxury, what the hell? They're killing tourism in New York. Why is they t- obviously it's the bottom line it's warehousing and money but tourism is going to be hurt would you go to these hotels knowing what's there I think tourism is in deep trouble now because they're going to check uh, anybody calls up for room uh, are migrants staying there I mean I- I'm paying 400 for a room you know what I'm saying tourism Stan I got is Stan there. I got to ask
3: you. Are you drinking tonight? Because I think most of us are agreeing with you tonight, Stan. (laughs)
6: Well, uh, I'm worried about tourism too. Hey, the people need to be helped. Put them in a warehouse. Put them in in the uh, places like uh, in the city, like the uh, uh, what a Javits Center or something like that. But uh, major hotels? Do you think people are going to go to hotels and pay 400 a day, knowing their neighbor? You know, they see people out. I mean, I don't know. I mean, absolutely. By the way, and Stan.
3: Stan, 1,000%. I agree with you. And, in fact, a lot of the hotel workers are saying that the conditions are terrible. And in many of these hotels, all they have are migrants, to your point. So, Stan, I love you and I agree with you. I think many of us do tonight. Thank you very much. Let's go to Carol real quick, line one. Carol, your thoughts.
7: Oh, hi there, Rita. Welcome back. Um, you. Thank know, you. Like The moment I saw Al Sharpton get up there to speak, I said, Oh, here we go again. I just knew exactly what he was going to say. And it was so insulting to the family, too. Such an
3: insult to the family. Yeah, I agree, Carol. And that's when my eyes roll back in my head. And I was like, okay. I was like, count to ten before he starts playing the race card and blaming it all on racism and smearing all police. It's like never miss an opportunity. And if there's cameras there, Al Sharpton's going to be there. Uh, Carol, thanks so much. Let's go to BJ, line three, uh, line eight, actually. Go ahead, BJ.
14: So uh, what's going on here is that they're using this uh, poor man's death to federalize the police. And they want to do away with local police, defund them. That's why you're having situations like this. Uh, You also have police that either don't do anything, or when they do stuff, they get into big-time trouble like this. Uh, You have police up here that don't do anything. They don't do anything because they know if they try to do anything that uh, 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 would clean the place up, they would have uh, a big problem uh, because they wouldn't be supported. Uh, all the homeless on the subways, they, it's like a couch. It's like a hotel underground on the E-Train. They just float about, nobody locks them up, takes them any place. But,
3: and, BJ, you hit a great point, because a lot of police officers are afraid to intervene. And, listen, I think there are, I've talked to many great cops out there, and 99.9% are, and they hate when they see this video of what happened to Tyree Nichols. Good cops hate bad cops.
1: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.